Because a lot of us as empathic beings, we learned how to put our focus on other people to gauge the safety of our environment. Mm -hmm. But now you want to teach yourself like, what am I feeling? What's my experience? Where do I feel that in my body? Can I be with myself right now? What am I believing? Is that true? Usually it is not. And then what do I need right now? Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Krishna Avalon. Krishna is a licensed intuitive acupuncturist, transformational business coach, psych K facilitator, and certified life and relationship coach. And in this episode, we are talking all about neuroplasticity, the ability for your mind to change, how to create that change in your life. And then we also go into many other topics of spirituality and self-development, as well as she really breaks down the process of what it takes to step into that life or those patterns or the feelings that you want to create. You're going to love everything that she says on all of these topics and more. This is such a great episode. I can't wait for you to dive in. Hello, Krishna. Welcome to the show. I am so excited that you're here. I cannot wait for this conversation. Welcome, welcome. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. This is going to be so amazing. I can't wait to dive in. Um, before we do, can you just give us a little bit of um, just a little bit of information about yourself, where you're from? And I'm really curious too, just your path growing up and what, you know, your experience was when you were younger. Can you just give us a little background on you? Yeah. I mean, I'll just say in the short version that I came into this world, into my mother's womb in a way that had me immediately having to learn lessons of safety, acceptance, <laughs> trusting myself, trusting my voice. I was raised in a Catholic family. My mom has 16 brothers and sisters, all very white, Midwestern, and I'm brown. And I was the only brown person in my family. And I have a ton of cousins. And our family picture just immediately is huge. And I'm like the one brown person in the center. Mm. So I was conceived in a way for my mom that was not conscious and so she was asked to leave town by my very catholic grandparents and i love them so much and i've only ever known love from them but they didn't know what else to do she wasn't married she was young she was told not to come back into town until she had a husband so those immediate lessons in utero that I received through my DNA about safety, about being kicked out of the tribe, about acceptance, those are the things I came in. And then all my mother's shame for never learning boundaries because she lived with all these people all the time, sharing beds, sharing bedrooms, sharing bathrooms, um, and then being raised Catholic, which, you know, is a lot of shame and victim and martyrdom the way I was taught it or shown it. <clears throat> and so just all these things about being taught to fit in where I did not belong. And I can look back and say it as it's just like, yeah, that's what happened. Like it's not trigger for me anymore because I've come into these amazing tools 
as a practitioner, as a healer, as a person who's worked with those lessons, those shadows, that wounding, integrated them, embodied them for myself, for my lineage, for my daughter, and now I get to guide other people through it. So that's the condensed version, (laughs) just getting into it right off the bat. But it's also like why this work that I've been trained in is so flipping cool because I've been able to like grow through concrete and like heal lifetimes and lineages from expanding my subconscious mind and be able to create new pathways in my mind to have a new experience and to have bigger beliefs that it is safe to trust myself, that it is safe to use my voice, that it is safe to be seen, it's safe to be who I am, that I'm worthy of love without having to give and give and give to prove that I deserve it. You know, very Catholic martyr victim type mentalities that I got to show up here and (laughs) grow through. So Yeah, wow. It's, it's incredible that you are just, I can feel your energy and your words, that this is a true testament to the power of sort of doing the work, but the, the subconscious work, because to grow up in that type of situation, I know, you know, I've had my stuff, my clients, I hear these, you know, crazy stories of just, it's amazing that you can get through um, and feel safe. Like you're saying, feel safe in your experience now, because just because it happened when it was a kid, (laughs) when you were a kid, doesn't mean it leaves you automatically. It doesn't mean it just fades away once it gets into that subconscious. Um, So I'm really curious your path as you were sort of growing up, did you go right into this type of work or did you, you know, take some time to figure it out? Is this for the first career you've had? Let me know a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, no, I did not get right into this work. I spent most of my life very like radiant and full of like charisma and sensuality but also with this other like you should be ashamed for being so beautiful and sexy and blah 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 having all this power you know I had like a lot I was met with a lot of jealousy even from my mother so no and then because of my subconscious beliefs the things that were reflected to me often from my peers from my friends from situations did reinforce that I was not worthy of this, that, and the other. So it was like always this thing where I was getting a lot of attention for being beautiful, but then I was also being shown that I was like not worthy of things. And that was being reinforced over and over like it is when our subconscious mind has a belief, whether it's true or not true, the subconscious mind's job is to seek out the information in the world and create experiences to prove that you're right. Mm -hmm. And so... No, I spent a lot of time acting out, being reckless, hurting deeply, but not knowing that I was hurting, feeling very lost, not really thinking life could be any better. I was so good at being sad and melancholy, like all that music that you might've like loved in the nineties and early two thousands, like that just had you in this like dreary melancholy. Like I was addicted to that vibe. I was real good at it. And then, you know, when I found acupuncture school, that came in like the very first thing that I ever trusted and believed in and followed without any doubt, zero doubt. And that was a long time ago. I've been an acupuncturist for 20 years. 
it's a master's program. I had prerequisites to do. So, you know, we're talking like 26 years ago before people really knew what acupuncture was. I read this little page, like a quarter of a page article about this ancient Chinese medicine, how it could keep people from surgery and prescriptions. And I was like, huh, that sounds pretty cool. And I just kind of like thought about it in my mind for a second. And then a week or two later, these people came into my restaurant that I was waiting tables in and they were talking about acupuncture. And again, it's not like it is now where everybody knows where it, what it is. And there's like 300 acupuncturists on every block. It was like people didn't know. And so it turns out they worked in the school. And so I asked them to recommend a book and I went out and got it. I like loved it, looked into the training, hundred grand master's program, private education, four years. Okay. A couple of weeks later, this couple came in for dinner and I just loved them so much right away. We had all this rapport. They stayed for this long dinner. And then afterwards they were like, can you have a drink with us in the bar? And I was like, no, I got to finish up. They were like, well, what do you do besides work here? And I was like, well, I know this is really weird, but I'm thinking about going to acupuncture school. And they looked at each other and they started laughing and they're like, yeah, we're about to graduate from the school. And they were just like these beautiful monk, like fully tattooed, came in on their motorcycle, which again, it's not like now, which is what everybody in Portland, Oregon tries to be. It was like, they were the real deal, right? And so then a couple of weeks later, I came in or a week later, and there was a message at my work because people didn't have cell phones then. And he invited me to a barbecue and I went and it was like all people that worked at the school or were students. And I was like, this is it for me. And I followed it and I trust it. And I never looked back. And I've like been able to move all over the country multiple times, have an amazing practice because I just knew. And that's how this subconscious transformation work was for me. I heard about it. My intuition was like, ding, and I just followed it. And I can say that just these two things and motherhood are like the three things that I've just trusted in my life without any doubt. Mm. So it's a long-winded answer, but that's how I came into it. And I do get asked that all the time. Like, how do you get into this work? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Um, my stepdad is a was a Chinese is he's a naturopathic physician, but he also was TCM uh, certified traditional Chinese medicine. I grew up with acupuncture when I was really young. I'd hurt my knee, I'd get acupuncture, and he was always doing like um, Chinese medicine and the grossest tasting herbs when I was a kid. I'm like, oh no, actually my throat's not sore. I'm good, <laughs> but it's always been something. I still go to acupuncture when it calls to me because it I. I hear you the thing about believing it without a doubt even before you know a lot about it it just feels so right um traditional chinese medicine and and the whole philosophy the way of thinking about the body it's always so deeply resonated with me it's neat that that was this the sort of the first pathway to open you up to this greater way of being or whatever you want to say it's it's a powerful powerful tool and powerful way to look at the body really and to look at medicine and you know our body these capabilities and stuff. Um, that's really incredible. So tell me about when you got into the subconscious reprogramming and also your personal journey with that. Cause you're saying like the brain creates these pathways and then it, everything, you know, works to prove you right. So you keep creating these experiences to prove yourself right. So what was your journey with that? Like, what was your story that was being proved right? And sort of, as you started getting into the reprogramming, how did it change 
the way you experience life. This is the part I just find so fascinating with law of attraction and your ability to create change and all of it. So I'd love to hear about that. I know, you know, many years ago, I just started hearing about the subconscious mind, you know, it's been trending in the wellness and spiritual world for a few years now. And I started getting obsessed. I mean, when you learn that the subconscious mind creates 90 to 95% of your life's experiences, how can you not be obsessed with that? And I've done a lot of conscious mind work. I've been a Vipassana meditator for a long time. You know, I, I love I could hang out in a cave and meditate like as long as I had like hot springs and like a field of wildfires out. So, you know, like I could be in that all day, every day, but there was something when I heard about, so the process I was trained in is called psych K it's a really stupid name, but it stands for psychology and kinesiology. And so kinesiology is muscle testing, but essentially what we're doing in that process or what I'm doing with people is helping their subconscious expand and transform. So transforming stress or trauma in a way that creates a new pathway in your mind to have a new experience because you've been able to peacefully unattach from something that maybe you couldn't even think about because it was too traumatic or caused you like nausea or was just so angering and reactive. You can now look back on it and be like, oh yeah, that happened. Mm -hmm. And so when I heard about it, I did, I was like, ding, what's that? Looked into it. So there was one person in Portland doing it. It was my teacher. She ended up being my teacher and I ended up buying her house that I'm in right now, which is another magical story. Um, she taught here for 12 years doing, you know, psyche trainings and subconscious transformation work. Um, I came and had a session with her and I didn't really feel different, to be honest. And I, it's because she wasn't my facilitator. She's not intuitive. She's not a good space holder. She made a lot of the session about herself. <laughs> I love her and she was a great teacher. I got to do all the trainings with her, four of them here in her house through pandemic. So when pandemic hit, you know, I'd been wanting to shift gears from acupuncture because I'd been doing it for so long and I could do it great with a blindfold forever and it would still be magical and beautiful, but it was so time for me to grow. And so when we went into... Um, pandemic, I was like, huh, I wonder if she's teaching those classes. And then she was. And so I did them all. And I just knew, again, like trusted 1000%. This is what I wanted to do. But when I was done with training, I still had to offer patients who I was already seeing for acupuncture, just this one balance. So in Psyche, we do balances. And there's this one balance that we call the transformation of stress or trauma. And it's just about creating a new perception. And so I had to see and know and hear people's feedback about what they experienced. And I wouldn't even ask, we would just do these balances because I felt like it was the best way I could help them. And the stories that were just coming back immediately, like everybody's were just so incredibly transformative in ways that they just, they were never able to do with conscious mind stuff, with talk therapy that they've been in for 15 years still feeling stuck, triggered, angry, reactive, because you're not working with the subconscious mind. You're just trying to make change with the conscious mind. So you can intellectually and consciously understand why something is the way it is. But if you're not working with the subconscious, you might not ever be able to make the change. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's so incredible. It just blows my mind. 
So for me, the balances have, I've seen it in my life, be able to just trust myself when things are not known, be able to like allow space for things that used to be incredibly reactive for me. Uh, I've experienced like such incredible like love and romance in the last few months just from dating for the first time in my life like better than I ever imagined and then even be able to leave situations that I had wanted to for a long time but I didn't know how specifically with my daughter's father like and I've outgrown enmeshment mm-hmm. codependency unhealthy relationship And there are things in my life that have been just so beautiful and so high vibration and so clear, like my healing work, zero doubt, always magical, incredible. In my community, I am known for that. But in my personal relationships, I had a lot of growing to do. And I can bring that to my training in the nervous system Mm -hmm. and what I know about the vagus nerve and then the subconscious transformation work. Yeah, I love that. And when you say that, you know, unless we're addressing or working with the subconscious, you can try and try and try your whole life. And I, sometimes it's like, you can just see so clearly, there's so many people out there, so many people listening that have been really trying for so long. And sometimes I'll say to clients, they're like, what more can I do? And it's almost like, you get an A for effort. You have been trying because sometimes, you know, there's people that aren't trying, but there's a lot of people that really are and can't figure it out. So as, you know, just for the listener, um, how do we start to see in your opinion or in your perspective, how, like what's going on under there? Say it's a, a struggle with money or body or something. I know a lot of people listening, those have been areas where it's tough to sort of break through that ceiling. Um, how do we kind of see what is that narrative? Or like you said earlier, do you even need to know the narrative? Can you give us a little bit of an overview of sort of the process or how we start to dismantle it? Yeah, and that's such an important question, but people don't need to know what their subconscious or limiting beliefs are. But if you look at your life and you're like, where am I stuck? Where am I repeating things? Where am I frustrated? That's going to be a self-sabotaging or limiting belief. And again, you don't even need to know what it is. You just have to know what you want. So in a in a session that I would guide, It does help to have somebody super intuitive with some space holding that knows how to listen to you because they're going to know how to guide you to where you are trying to get to. Even if you show up and you have like 20 things you want to work with, Mm -hmm. a good session can incorporate all aspects of your life into creating a new, bigger, more expanded belief for you. So what I ask people on my website, or even when they're asking me questions is where do you feel stuck or on repeat? in a way that you are frustrated with, whether that's money, whether it's your weight and your body and your health, whether it's your relationships, those are the big ones. A lot of people come to me because they wanna experience more joy, but they don't know how. That's about being able to be present. And a lot of us need to learn that it's safe to be present. A lot of us need to create the belief that we are present that we're able to be present. Because <clears throat> if you're believing that you're not and you have so much to do and you're so busy and this, that, and the other, I mean, that's what you're going to keep creating over and over. And then I would also ask you, where do you want to grow? 
where do you want to create bigger? Because there's zero limit when you start working with the subconscious. Like even with this dating thing lately, like it's it was so much better than I imagined. And also I'm like, <laughs> what else could I imagine though? <laughs> Not that I'm like more, 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 but the truth be told is it's like, oh my God, am I going to just sit here and cling onto this because it feels so amazing and beautiful? Or am I going to just allow it to be what it is and allow it to be even better? Yes, Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I hear you. It's not a more, more, more. It's uh, your soul is always expanding and has this higher, higher, higher vision than you can ever imagine or possibility than you could ever imagine for yourself. So as we go, oh, this is getting really big. Your soul and the universe is like, and your subconscious is like, this is nothing. So yeah, we get to keep desiring bigger. And I love that. That is so beautiful. So once somebody identifies that they're stuck, and I know that, of course, a session with you, a session actually be in the subconscious to have someone facilitate is the way to make a big change. But for these hardcore seekers listening, is there something that we can do on the daily or do as we bump up against this? Like, okay, today I'm feeling really stressed about money. This bill came. This is the moment where I freak out and I say, you know, I'm always going to be broke or whatever. I want to reprogram this. Is there anything they can do that helps a little bit from home or on their own? Yeah, absolutely. So the mind is most influential when we're in that really relaxed state like almost when you're drifting off into sleep. And so the times when your brain is most susceptible is that time. And that would be like when you're first waking up in the morning and before you go to sleep at night. So you could just imagine instead of your mind, which typically gets in the way, imagine how you want things to feel and how would that look? And just let that be what you focus on, maybe for a minute in the morning before you get out of bed, maybe for a minute before you go to sleep. And if you can do more, awesome. If you can do it in the middle of the day, awesome. But you don't want to be sitting there being like, I need money. And then just try and sit there and focus on money. No, drop into the feeling of like, what would having money create for you? Freedom, support ease what does that feel like where do you feel it in your body Mm. what would it look like and then let yourself be in that state because you're like basically dropping if you're like a scuba diver and you're up on the surface where everything's loud and busy you want to drop down into your heart where it's quiet and where you're feeling and that's actually a more powerful way to create then again, using the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is beautiful. Um, Something you said a few minutes ago about the nervous system, I think it was when you were talking about yourself and your journey and not feeling safe. Can you sort of share a little bit about the the correlation or the, the connection between the nervous system and the subconscious mind and the importance or the why, you know, look at the nervous system as well? Yeah. I mean, I believe from my experience personally and from my training and from what I've read and what I watch 
with other people is that when you learn to work with the nervous system in a way where you can go up, we call it up and down the ladder in nervous system speak. So at the top of the ladder is that fight or flight, which most people are in daily, all day, always looking for danger, looking for the next thing to do. What's wrong? Go, go, go. You want, and then the bottom is where we're flat, playing dead, apathetic, and that's a survival strategy. It's not bad. It's a good skill to have. You can be in some of both, but in the middle is parasympathetic rest and digest. Mm. That's where your body heals. It's where your digestion works. And you want to be able to go up and down the ladder and not just stay in one gear. So in my own experience, what I've learned is that the nervous system needs to be able to hold this big expansion work that we want to do. So if we want to be seen in the world and we're creating subconscious mind beliefs that it's safe to be seen for who you are or you deserve to be heard, you know, you think about all the people on social media that you see that you can tell are trying to portray a message, but you can feel in their frequency that they're like fronting, Mm -hmm. right? Probably because they haven't integrated and embodied their actual lessons of what they're trying to teach is how I'd read that. But then also if your nervous system is grounded in a way that you do feel safe and you are able to be present, you're going to be able to grow and expand even more. Mm. So Mm. I love working with both because especially since pandemic, I would say that the somatic practices that I've taught do help people on the daily deal with their anxiety the most Mm. for people who have wanted to move on from stress or trauma and they haven't been, that's the subconscious mind stuff. That's just like quick and direct. I don't want to go to talk therapy. I don't want to talk about crappy things. It's triggering for a lot of people. And I I just want to like move on. I want it off my body and I want to move on. I know where it comes from. I have the conscious awareness. I'm not trying to bypass, but like, what's the direct route? I'm after that at this point. Cause I did spend so much of my life just kind of like lost, not knowing what to do and not having the tools. I have the tools now. Mm-hmm. I'm like lit up holding space for people to mm-hmm. be able to do the same thing. What a powerful medicine to share. It's like truly holding the space of the non-physical and the possibility and the emotions and everything really big that comes up while also directly working with the human and the brain. Um, It's like the best of both worlds, really helping people to, I kind of say like manifestation mastery is life mastery, which is self mastery. (laughs) It's like these levels of not master, like you get there, but it's a self practice that it ultimately enhances your life. There's not the manifestation one, two, three, without you doing the work inside to, like you said, hold that space for that next level that you're calling in. And I really like what you said about the nervous system being a ladder. And I've, I've really been focusing a lot on that in the last sort of year of just more 
more like awareness of I'm really intuitive and with my body and I can feel when my nervous system is heightened. Whereas before I couldn't have felt that I was just in it and overwhelm was something that I really dealt with. I have three kids. I've been building a business for, you know, eight, nine years, basically full-time while raising these little kids. My husband's got his own business. So there's a lot of like, go, 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 a lot of noise, a lot of chaos, a lot of striving for so many years that I didn't realize how much my nervous system was just constantly, um, it feels like buzzed or blown out. Like there was just noise. I don't know how else to describe it in every cell of my body. And I like that you said the latter, because sometimes I really notice as I start, because being really sensitive noise and things will start to get me like, I just got to take a second. And when I, instead of just taking a second to kind of just calm down, I look at it like a nervous system. And I, I always put my hand on my heart, or I like to use this. I don't know which mudra this is where you put your pointer finger and your thumb together. And I just say like, I am safe. I love you. You're doing a great job, whatever comes forward. And I can feel my whole system kind of start like coming down. And then I find from that place, I get, it's easier to access a new perspective. I think is that I can more easily access like the okayness within the perspective shift in the moment that has me out of like, I'm just fucked. I'm too busy. This is not working into sort of like, it's okay. Ground yourself. What do you need? You're thirsty. Take a minute, you know? So it's just such beautiful work. And the way you describe the latter, I can really relate to that. Well, then you nailed it because it's like when you take the focus, because a lot of us as empathic beings, we learned how to put our focus on other people to gauge the safety of our environment. Mm -hmm. But now you want to teach yourself like, what am I feeling? What's my experience? Where do I feel that in my body? Can I be with myself right now? What am I believing? Is that true? Usually it is not. And then what do I need right now? And when you realize, oh my God, that's not even true. You are creating a new pathway in your mind. So that too is neuroplasticity from a somatic standpoint or a tool. And then focusing on what you need, which like most of us were never taught. Mm -hmm. And often to me, it's breath, like breathing. It's not that I need something like I need money and that'll make it, you know, it's like, no, what do I need? And often it is just to slow down for me to connect to the source within is kind of what I call it. I just get to that stillness place where I can feel source again. I'm not just lost in the details. And I find that that's like, if I have to get back into family, cause I'm in the middle of cooking dinner or something that allows me the space to come back, not faking that I'm okay, not shoving it down. And then I'm just going to blow up later, but actually more I would say resilient to all the noise, to all the chaos. It's like, okay, I've got my little bubble now or something. I don't know. I just feel, it just feels easier um, to manage that. Um, can we talk a little bit about that neuroplasticity, um, neuroplasticity and just kind of what that is? Can you just share a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So neuroplasticity is just the brain's ability to make change to be adaptable, to have new experiences. And most people are traveling down a very clear path in their mind in the forest. It's clear because you've taken it a bazillion times. Doesn't mean that it's right or true or, or the best for you. It just means that's the path you've taken a million times. So when you do something like the practice we were just talking about, 
or you create an expanded belief or peacefully unattached from trauma through the subconscious transformation work that I guide, you're creating a new pathway to have a new experience. That's neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And it will become more clear the more you reinforce that new belief. And so there is part of the process where we create like an action step to reinforce that new belief mm-hmm. or to do something like the meditation we talked about earlier, where you're like reinforcing the belief with imagining what you want, what it would feel like and look like. That's beautiful and so powerful. Um, so I find that like having a history now quite a while ago, but of an eating disorder and body stuff, I used to look in the mirror and the automatic thought with no intention was (laughs) right. Or whatever it would be some version of that. And now I find, I look in the mirror and I go like, hi, I'll see you. You know, even if I'm like frizzy haired in my jammies or whatever, I have this love for myself. And sometimes it actually surprises me these new reactions that I have that I don't have to try to not talk shit about my body anymore. Not that, you know, there's other things I'm always working on and we're always a work in progress, but is that when you've created a new pathway that now becomes like the dominant or the automatic thought, is that kind of how it works? And that older one, as you've reinforced that new one over time, it sort of becomes dormant again, or how does that work? Yeah, I believe that when you expand your beliefs, it is going to be much harder to go back to that old one Mm. is what I hear from other clients and also in my own experience. And so sometimes the shifts that happen, they're subtle where you're just not going to that old belief about yourself. All of a sudden you're just like in the mirror, like appreciating yourself for some people that might be like epic and noticeable and obvious for other people. They're looking back and being like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've been like way gentler with myself because I created this belief that I'm worthy of love exactly as I am, or I accept myself exactly as I am. Mm, yeah. And again, your conscious mind might be like, I love myself. I deserve to feel great in my body. But if your conscious, if your subconscious mind is like, no, you do not, because that's never been your experience or you've never been shown that, then you'll keep repeating mm. that same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And then you just are the belief. You just straight up believe your body or your bank or what your bank account, whatever it is, where you are in life is not enough. You just are the belief until you start doing this type of awareness work. And then you're like, okay, that might not be true. Now I want to switch it. We get into the subconscious reprogramming and those new pathways. And then one day it's almost like we are now that new belief. And if I had a day where I looked at myself in the mirror and went, oh, that would be a huge signal that something's off in me. I'm out of integrity with something. I'm tired. I'm something because that's so old. And I think I know that my listeners, everyone that listens will say that where like every once in a while, these old triggers come up that it's like, oh, I haven't been triggered into jealousy or not, you know, comparing myself to others. I haven't been doing that for a year or more. Why is this creeping up? Do you have any like gut feelings or any reason why that might come up too? every once in a while, those old gnarly beliefs kind of show themselves? Totally. Again, from my own experience and from my training and in all these people that I'm guiding now, when we start doing this kind of work, the universe, people, situations, 
will show you where you still want to grow and expand. So you don't ever have to like balance for the same thing again, but you'll hit layers of where you still want to grow, where you still need to grow. Again, with this dating situation, like it's so activating for me and I've been triggered. Thank God I have this work because then I'm like, oh yeah, cool. That's showing me where I still need to trust myself more, where I need to stay in my power, where I need to not give my power away because this feels so good, but to like keep it in myself. Mm, I love that. That is, yeah, that's beautiful. I have a program that I teach about assignments. And I say that the way that it's been shown to me from spirit is like these assignments isn't the best word, but it's not a lesson. It's not a, you know, but it's, you've asked for something. And so you're going to be reflected back the parts of you that still need to expand and shift in order to get or receive what it is that you say you want. Um, so that's kind of, it feels like that's kind of what you're saying as well. It's like, these things will always show you, it will mirror out to you where you still have some work to fully claim what it is that you want. Cool. So is there anything else that you want to share, um, particularly about manifestation, um, or we talk a lot about manifestation, intuitive development, tuning into your soul. Um, so the kind of way more woo side of everything. And when we want to manifest something either specifically or, a you know, higher state of being, um, what do you feel are some of the key things that we need to focus on? Or are there any words of wisdom to all of my beautiful manifestors listening? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I just want to offer that you really are limitless as a creator. And so if you do work with the subconscious mind, you're going to be a lot more effective than just working with your conscious. You get the subconscious and the conscious working together that is the gold. And the subconscious likes visuals more than words. So I'd say the conscious mind is more like mantras, affirmations, post-it notes all over the place, journaling. The subconscious is going to be your beliefs, your habits, where you're on autopilot, your memories. Mm. So visualization. I just, my daughter and I were making um, vision boards last night, pulling pictures off of Pinterest and then putting them into like a collage format on Canva. And then I'm going to send the images off and have them printed and framed because I want to look at that. It's going to be on the wall facing my bed. How do I want my life to feel? All aspects of my life, love, money, travel, adventure, expression connection and then hers is like totally different um yeah so as far as manifestation and the subconscious mind the subconscious is going to be your heavy hitter it's your powerhouse is how you're going to do like the most work the quickest and the easiest and then the subconscious likes repetition so you do that in the morning and night, like we were talking about earlier, and it likes visuals more than words. Is that because visuals um, spark an emotion, whereas a word actually is kind of laden with stories is kind of the way that it's coming to me? Do you think that that's why? Maybe. And because the conscious mind is going to be more associated with words. And then the conscious mind feeds into the subconscious. So it's like, if you're looking at an iceberg, 
the top part that you see, that's about 10% of the iceberg. It feeds into what's beneath it, which is like 90% is all that rest, that dark, dense stuff beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. Makes me want to dig in. (laughs) I go through phases of just um, Joe Dispenza and just being obsessed with, not obsessed, but I just love the way he describes, um, you know, the subconscious and the (laughs) the unlimited possibility and how he healed his body and things like that. Um, It's so fascinating to me. And I go through these times where I just am listening to his podcasts and really soaking it up because I, I see even in his experience, he has the blessing of serving thousands and hundreds of thousands of people in his live events and whatever, and hearing the stories of like tumors falling off of legs and people being able to hear that couldn't hear and these like actual medical, you know, miracles, as we would say, um, that all are because like, that's his thing. It's subconscious reprogramming. And it's so interesting to really, I love that you said we're, we're possible, like it's endless possibility. Anything is possible. And even stuff like that. I always think of that, like you want to make a little more money or you want to get a little more healthy or whatever. That's nothing for the subconscious. Like if tumors can fall off legs, like that stuff to me is so incredibly fascinating. Like you said, why would you not (laughs) dive into this stuff? Are there any uh, mentors or teachers that, I mean, obviously your teacher with the site K, um, is there anyone else that you have just been influenced by or in awe of, or consumed their work over your time? Yeah. I mean, I feel for me, Joe Dispenza is fantastic. He's very sensationalized. Um, but I would love to go to one of his retreats. I do love him as my meditation teacher. Mm. Um, I really like Bruce Lipton. Mm, I love him. So yeah. And just, you know, the neuroscience around perceptions being even more impactful than genetics. Yeah. That blows my mind. And I've been obsessed lately with Tara Swart, Dr. Tara Swart. So Mm -hmm. she's a neuroscientist and, um, she's just done all kinds of things. She's about to come out with her new podcast, but she's so lovely to listen to. She's so like grounded. Does she have an accent, an English accent? Yeah. Is she, um, from, um, like to be magnetic and, and the, yeah, the, I love things explained, but you know, her book is amazing. Mm -hmm. She's also been on other podcasts that are amazing. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah. In another time, I like everything she does. I'm like, Ooh, I would have loved to have gone to school for that. That would have been amazing. Yeah. She's really, um, really grounded, really like practical, but, um, understandable and, and just, yeah, I love, I love the way she talks about this stuff as well. And Bruce Lipton, I remember reading the biology of belief so many years ago. It's, it's a tough one to get through when you're not like used to reading medical textbooks, basically not really, but it was, I just, but I was so fascinated and I'm like, I have to consume yeah. this again. Cause I feel like half of this stuff, I don't even fully understand, but it's totally. so interesting. Totally. And even like the, the power of knowing that your genes are not your destiny. And that just, yeah. It's so inspiring. It's so incredible. Um, thank you so much for sharing everything that you did today. It's been such a great conversation. I love your passion for this work and, you know, the subconscious mind and just, I can feel this is totally part of your essence and your purpose. And it's just beautiful that you're delivering it in this way and helping so many people. So thank you so much for being here today. It's been such a joy. Um, Thank you.
It's been so good. Um, so where can people find you if they're wanting to connect deeper, you know, learn some things from you, join maybe a program and how do you offer your stuff? Do you do one-on-one group programs? Let me know how you can, how we can find you. Yeah, I'm currently in the process of creating like a super affordable, like once a month for an hour, bringing in like a healing sort of upgrade and maybe a theme to the class and then maybe being able to do Psych K and subconscious transformation for a group. Mm based on a theme, I feel like it's totally possible. And I've kind of been asked um, by a couple of different podcast hosts actually to, to collaborate in that way for their different classes. For me, I usually work one-on-one one and I can work virtually or in person. And so you can really find out everything on my website, more about Psyche, subconscious transformation, about coaching, about me, um, I'm on Instagram when I feel like it, when I'm inspired. I do post in stories and people read those a lot. Um, I have a LinkedIn page. I'm not on there very much, but I do get sort of like, um, what do you call it? I've had a different, like different recruiters reach out there. So that's pretty fun. And I've been off Facebook for like 10 years. I don't miss it one bit. <laughs> so <laughs> You've Instagram been and my website, I would say. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Beautiful. I'll put all of the links below in the show notes. Um, and a lot of, it's funny because it's just my name, my website and Instagram and LinkedIn, but, um, like I, I work really well with corporate people. It's funny because like a lot of boss babes that are like really type a super achievers, so productive, right? they want to come into their feminine expression where they know how to like receive and be soft and be open. And that's like my love language, but I'm also like a fiery, like Leo sun sign born near the tiger. So it's like, it's funny how LinkedIn people can find me there, even though I'm not really there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. And sometimes those really productive, like doing all the things people, they need the the spirit as well and the space to be held because they are like motivation or whatever is usually not the issue, but coming back home, slowing down. And then of course, all the beautiful work you do, but just even the space you hold, I could see it's like almost like the contrary to what they what they are doing in their everyday life. Thank you so much again for being on the show. And um, I hope that you have a fabulous day. Talia, thank you so much. You as well. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes. Find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.